Okay, guys. So we thought it would be cool to do a little part, like a little section in the pod where we talk about ourselves, our thoughts on things, ask a few questions. I'm going to be asking these guys some questions. Um, I'll also give my little one too, in terms of what I think and and what my um, perspectives are. Um, We don't know how often we're going to do this, but we thought we'd try it out. So let us know what you think in the comments and stuff, and we'll see. If you like it, we'll do it again, okay? Okay, so question number one, are you living a meaningful life? Bring that out to the gentleman. Um, I'll go first. Sometimes I think I do, sometimes not so much. So sometimes, you know, when when I think about the things I do for like my family or the things that I'm working towards, I think, all right, cool. Maybe it's just about putting in the time. And then other times, maybe, for example, when I'm just at work, grinding, doing the same old, I'm like, the hell's going on? (laughs) Um, So it does tend to vary. Um, Overall, um, I'd like to think so, but I guess ultimately time will tell. I don't know. I mean, like, with a question like, are you living a meaningful life? I feel like it, deter- it depends on how you define meaningful. I feel like, I, I think a lot of times when people hear a phrase like that, they think meaningful means like you're doing something world changing. And then it's like, okay, if everything, if not everything you're doing in every single second of the day is like absolutely world changing, then oh, you don't mean the de- yeah. <laughs> don't meet the definition of a meaningful life, right? So I don't necessarily take that view. My my thing is like, what what matters to me in my life? Absolutely. Yeah. And then am I contributing to what matters to me in my life? That's that's how I get to the meaning of meaningful, if that makes sense. Because yeah, if I you're wanna... going by like, oh, have you you know set a Guinness World Record or like, are you a millionaire? Blah blah. Then it's like, mm, you know what I mean. Yeah. So in terms of the things that matter to me in terms of like family, um, in terms of, I guess, integrity and sort of truth seeking and, um, you know, I think I live a meaningful life. I think I, I um, try to use my life to contribute to what matters as much as I possibly can. Maybe there's more I could do, but you have to have time to nap. So you gotta have time to, you know, do things that just don't matter to anyone. You gotta have time to just waste time. That's what that's my personal view of life. You have to have time to waste time. And then you have to have time to do things that like are Impactful. meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of if I'm living a meaningful life, I think it goes up and down. Like sometimes what I'm doing in my life is meaningful and sometimes it's not. Um, I think uh, a lot of the time coming from a Christian background, there's a lot of this kind of living in your purpose and what it means to live in your purpose. So when I think of whether I'm living a meaningful life, I always think about whether I'm living a life that's driven by Christ. Um, and sometimes I'm not sometimes I am um, I think more recently I've been living more so in my purpose maybe a few months ago like I could definitely say I was doing things that I felt were impactful um, in other people's lives and I felt like were blessing them and allowing them to find Christ or at least be able to worship in a certain way so I felt very fulfilled at that time um, while now my focus has kind of drifted away from ministry and more into kind of more like personal development and in a way that feels a little bit selfish. So it feels meaningful, but it doesn't feel purposeful. Does that make sense? But then don't you also feel like you also need to develop yourself to also be able to contribute at the peak of what you can in a ministerial point of view. Yeah. Yeah, because which is what why I've seen, I've right? Done it. <laughs> what I've yeah. seen, right? And like, 
my parents are pastors, right? So uh-huh. I've I've watched them, and they they are quite good at like when they're about to burn out, like going away on a retreat or something, or just doing something to just give them some kind of refresh. Yeah. Right. Because day to day is very intense. So. And so for me, I've always seen it as, okay, cool, yeah. Um, Taking time for yourself may not necessarily feel like you're contributing to anything outside yourself, but Mm. at the same time, your ability to contribute is also affected by how much you take care of yourself. Yes. (laughs) So it's finding that fine balance. Yeah. There's some people that they're just hedonistic and like everything is about them Mm. right just how much can i satisfy myself to the maximum right Mm. and i don't think i could ever live life that way i feel like that would drive me mad i honestly feel like that would drive me insane yeah immediate gratification seeking immediate gratification in everything that you do is it sounds it sounds tiring it sounds stressful i think i think it sounds like a chore honestly it's (laughs) a chore because like my head would explode like i like being given tasks to do for other people or me myself saying i need to do something for other people because it just allows me to think about someone other than myself yeah because like how much how long can you possibly think about yourself like how many things are there to think about yourself before it's like okay you know what i'm saying it's interesting that a lot of people that are um considered to be um like overly self-involved even to the point where they have a disorder Mm. are actually very depressed people in terms of their own it's more so that they think so lowly of themselves that they have to make everything about themselves yeah so that they can (laughs) then feel more self-importance exactly um so yeah no i i get that um i just think like right now i'm all about like career um and finances and stuff like that which i need to focus on i need to focus on saving and paying things off and stuff like that so yeah defo um but i think it was needed for me to take this time out for myself because literally i think like the whole of lockdown the beginning of lockdown was dedicated to ministry like all i did (laughs) was plan services and run services and plan and run and plan and run and manage that process um and and work with my youth leader and like it was just very um yeah there was a lot um and I loved it like genuinely I didn't get like when people would be like you must be so tired like you must be. I was like nah I'm fine and then suddenly it got to like end of July and I was like not doing anymore <laughs> like I, I cannot <laughs> I don't want to see another Zoom live <laughs> session. All these people looking at me as me to say things. I don't want to do it. Um, and I prayed about it, and I didn't feel like this overwhelming. Like I didn't feel anything negative about stopping it. And mm. I do plan to like start again now that I feel like some things are sorted out again. So um, I definitely feel like my life has been meaningful. I feel like I take time to be a person that um helps people but i'm an innately very selfish person like if you were to speak to my parents and like my sister joelle is selfish mm-hmm. so that's like my main thing that i'm always like battling so sometimes i think i overcompensate because i'm like oh i don't want to be selfish so i'm gonna <laughs> like so yeah but my natural thing is to like just be like doing my Jesus. thing but mm-hmm. Do you know what? Yeah, uh, now that you said, oh, you're innately selfish. I'm trying to think. I don't think I'm selfish. I think what I, I think what I struggle with is just considering everything. That I mean, not considering everything, but considering other people. So, like, how do I put it? Um, I I don't know how to explain the difference between being selfish and just not considering. <laughs> Like I do a lot of really considerate, like as in yeah, there's people that somehow they they know how to think about everybody else. Yeah. Right? And, and it just comes to them naturally. Like they're gonna <laughs> think, what does this person think? What would this person need? Whereas that doesn't come to me. Like and so, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's you know, there's a it's empathy. So you're you're I think that's the word. Yeah. 
empathy. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm, have that. <laughs> oh my god! I was having this conversation with my friend Manka. Right, we both were like, we don't have empathy. Like, and in comparison to our friend Sam, she's like highly empathetic. She thinks about people all the time. She's always thinking about how this person's going to react to something or how this person's going to feel about something. And she's always functioning that like high level space mm. of other people. While me and Manx are like, yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. If you don't tell me, I don't know. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I very much feel like maybe, maybe not as much now, but before definitely, like if you have not articulated something to me and you're upset, you're the bad one. Like you are mad. Yeah, I mean, there, there is like, there, I think that's a fair perspective to have. Honestly, so I think, yeah, but listen, the empathy can only do so much. Like, empathy doesn't mean I have to mind read every single day. Yeah, you get but what I'm saying. Like some people, like, and I, it must be a thing because, like, my sister tells me, like, my parents tell me, my friends tell me, like, I can just not know. And it's confusing to a lot of people because sometimes when I walk into a room and look at someone, I can be like, you're upset. What's going on? Let's, let's talk. Like, if I care about you, I can be like, oh. But if I'm in a situation where I'm kind of doing something for myself, I'm kind of in my zone, doing my own thing, and it affects someone, I wouldn't even realise that it affects mm. that person. And then I'm like, oh. I think if we, if, we, if we look at it from a sort of high-level view, empathy yeah? is about perspective, though, right? Right. So you have the perspective, you or you have some perspective of the fact that, say, for example, this person is upset or is upset as a result of this. So you're you're perceiving, like almost predicting, like what is going to happen as a result of whatever okay, so, changed. So so what you're saying is right. Yeah, it's about perspective, but it's not only about perspective. It's about perspective, and then. Do I have an obligation to act in consideration of that perspective? That's where I say no. I understand, like, even I feel like the way we've even talked about these topics today, right? I've tried to look at everybody's perspective. I think I'm pretty good at that. My thing is, am I obligated to care about your perspective and act on it? That is where you're going to struggle to convince me. <laughs> no, I don't believe every perspective is valid. And I don't feel like I have to. So and I guess so and there, therein lies the problem. In the way I behave. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that there, there is the problem. Because, like... I don't think it's that, a problem, per se. I think it's a blind spot. And I think it would help if there's someone there that can say... You know what? Okay, this perspective probably does carry a bit. More no, but it's all in, it's all encompassing. So, like your ability to be empathic, or your like your ability to to valid to validate someone's perspective, makes you empathic. Yeah, but I don't necessarily want to be empathic. I feel the exact same way. Like honestly, it comes to a point where it's like, at the end of the day. If I care about you enough, we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to figure out what I've done wrong. Or what yeah, I've done yeah. Wrong. eventually. Yeah. And then if I don't, like, why do you even care? Because obviously I don't. So. <laughs> I mean, let's not get it twisted. I, I, I think I've, I, fall, I, I definitely fall short of that as well. Like, I'm not very empathic. Like, I can see it. Like, I could, I could perceive why, for example, someone might be upset or why you might be sad. Da, 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 da. But again whether or not i choose to actually actively like say all right look what's going on da, 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 da. yeah you'll 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 struggle to get that out of me a lot of the time yeah. maybe that's just that a this generation type of thing but... sorry right, no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say <laughs> i'm talking to my therapist here <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, next question. Which is more important, how you say, what you say, or how you say it? So, what is more important, what you say, or how you say it? I feel like this ties into, like, what we've just been talking yeah, about. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I yeah. know definitely when I was younger, I would just say... Anything. 
it's what I'm saying that's more important. It's not necessarily how I'm saying it. Yeah. You just have to figure out what I'm saying. Like you, yeah. you just need to take what I'm saying basically, mm. and still feel that just way disregard now. just disregard how I'm saying it. Just take what I'm saying. Is it right or is it wrong? If it's right, then take it. That's how my perspective was. I'm a big Kanye fan, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> and Kanye says a lot of things that <laughs> the way he says it, it just messes everything up. And I think that's what's made me realize that the way you say things is very important, right? Um, and if you get how you say something wrong, so wrong to the extent that what you're saying can no longer be taken so from I what think, it actually is and the value yeah. that it holds then what was the point of you saying it in the first place do you get what i'm saying yeah so i think now at this age i would say it's probably 50 50 but i have a feeling that once i get to like the age of like 50 i'm not gonna care anymore and i'm just gonna go back to saying think how i just want to say it and you have to take it <laughs> So you'll be an old man now. No yeah, at that point, when you're old, you don't really care like how people take things. Yeah, like, well, just take it. I've said what I've said. Deal with Lauren, it. what do you think? I think to get on in life, as in to make to make the most of the people around you, you you need to be mindful of how you say things. Mm. So obviously, as I've as I've grown up, that's the realization I've come to. Like. I say when I was younger, I was quite um, well. I'm still like fairly bullheaded. So when someone says something to me, and I don't like the way they say it, we're gonna have a problem. We're gonna have a disagreement. So, <laughs> so obviously, when 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 there's that, I need to you. What am I trying to say? It's kind of like I I'm I'm just starting to realize more and more now that like you know it's definitely hundred percent how you say things it's not necessarily even what you say it's just how you say it if you deliver it in a way that that is tailored and suited to that person that you're saying it to you'll get the most out of that conversation and the most out of them yeah but do you know what yeah i i think that me personally i don't really care how people say things to me like i'll just sit there and weigh it up is what they're saying right or is what they're saying wrong and i think me personally being that way has helped me navigate different characters because I feel like if you can only receive things when it's delivered to you in a certain way, it stifles your ability in some ways to adapt to different challenging situations. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough because sometimes there are, there are certain things where it's like, no, no matter how right you are, the way you just said it is just like, come on. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but there's other times where it's like, I can make room for this. Like I can, I can adjust and just when it's you, I know this is how you are and this is how you're going to say it. So I'm just going to, you know, but I guess everybody has their choices to make on that. But yeah. Um, I think for me i have this thing like talk to me nice like don't be rude don't be mean i don't understand why and if you are i will be like i'm not talking to you anymore however (laughs) however when it comes to the other way around it depends on how much i care about you as a person um and if that is communicated so if i think like okay when i was younger so say between the ages of 19 to 20 I was in a relationship with someone else than my current partner and I ruined our relationship to an extent um because of the way that I would say things so uh-huh. I would say things that to this day I stand by and I honestly feel like improved him as a person however the way in which I said them with his personality type as in he's someone that holds things and will then go and attribute that to my character in general and just me being a terrible person um meant that i what were you telling him were you telling him like yeah for real like his hygiene was bad like what was was (laughs) (laughs) no okay okay for me for me the main problem was um i like 
I don't know if it's a pride thing or just the way that I like my relationships to function. I like to be involved in what my partner's doing. Um, and I like to help if I can help. So basically he started off doing something and he gave me the like introduction of what it was. I was like, that's a good idea. You should move this way, this way. Um, let me know how it goes, blah, blah. He then and went, went and did like everything, which would have been fine if during that time he wasn't extremely unavailable to me and I didn't know why. So it was like, I was suffering during this time because you're not sharing things with me. And then you went to come and give me this thing and be like, like a baby, like a, my, little, my little son, like, oh my God, mommy, look at this thing that I made. And I was like, no, dash that thing. I don't give a crap about that thing. In terms of like, it, there were general problems with it. Not, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad in any way, but there were things that I would have um, pointed out to him earlier in the process. And the way that I said it, I could have said it in a very loving way that he would have took it in a very like, oh my gosh, my thanks, help me. But instead, I was like, no, why did you do that? I don't understand why you would have done that. Why didn't you do it like this? What made you think that this was going to be something that would make sense? It just, I was talking to him like he was a dickhead, basically. <laughs> and like, and it was from my own like frustration, it was all this other stuff. So after that, and I'm now 24 years old, I can say that I've learned and I've learned that when you're hurt, don't talk mm. and take the time to figure out what you want to say in order to get the best response for that person because you care about that person. You don't actually want to, your, that person to be distant from you. Mm. You want closeness for that person. So if you're having a hard time or something difficult's happened, instead of just coming out and being like, bam, 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 which isn't helpful, just take the time out to be like, now I literally will say what I'm about to say to you isn't going to be very nice and isn't going to be very kind. So I suggest that we end this conversation. I feel like that's effective because you know that I'm thinking bad things and you can use your own imagination as to what I'm saying. But at least you know I'm thinking negative things about you. And then later on, you're going to have nice, sweet Joelle. And it's going to be like, oh, my baby loves me so much, but she's hurt. And it, I come across in a much lighter, amazing way. So that's my way of doing things now, or at least yeah, one. I, I I think I agree. Like, <laughs> you have to ask yourself in any form of communication, what do you want to get out of communicating? Yeah. And if the way you communicate is going to block what you want to get out of communicating, then just don't communicate. Communicate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've definitely learned that over time. Yeah, but employing it is a different, is a completely yeah, different. Remembering to do yeah, it in is, the heat of the moment and stuff. Yeah. And stuff. I think fun. when you realize, I think that whole situation, that relationship ending, really, really hurt me. Like I mourned over it for a very long time. So now I'm like, yeah. the this, the relationship that you destroyed. Yes, you mourned over it. <laughs> Did you look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mourned over it. So, and but okay, all right. I said I destroyed it. There was some negative thing very no, you destroyed it. You destroyed it. <laughs> okay, what I will say is <laughs> I did something that allowed for other things to happen. You dealt the lethal blow. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Um Do you believe in true love? What does true love mean? What does that mean? Yeah, maybe we should start off defining it. Personally, I don't know what that means. I don't believe there's such thing as true love. So, likewise, <laughs> I don't know what it means. So I can't even tell you whether I believe. I it. think when people think about true love, they think about like soulmates, so like that person that you're meant to be with, or that person that like just compliments you perfectly, but. I feel like in every situation, there's going to be compromise. There's going to be things that you need to change. And to be honest, I think we could actually function and be with more people in the world than we actually think and act. Like we act like we're so complicated and so different. When in actuality, the likelihood is if you, with a little bit of communication, you, you can do it with just about anyone. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I think the whole like, oh, this was the one for me. This is my soulmate. Yeah. I think that's a lot of that 
perspective comes from like confirmation bias where it's like mm-hmm. you're just seeing things that have happened since you met that person and you're saying oh that means this was the one person for me but yeah. i mean yeah i don't i don't think i see things that way um i think there's just certain people that you know you have more in common with and there's for for one reason or another there's more chance of you being able to cooperate and be constructive together than others and um it just so happens that you're also physically attracted as well and then you get into a relationship and that's just how it works um even like from a commitment perspective I feel like that all, it's not like you just like feel this thing to commit to this person. I even feel like there's so many like even societal things that make you commit to an individual, like just in terms of like what is practical, what makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like you look at the hurt. time, the time is ticking and you think, oh, maybe <laughs> like, I should just commit now. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's like, okay, if I don't commit to this person, like they tick A, B, C and D of what right, I want. I might lose this and that and I might, that. Lose might not get that, that. okay yeah. weighing up the risks okay yeah. after my risk assessment i believe that yeah basically it's a risk assessment <laughs> like all of these project managers, all of life is risk. risk all of life <laughs> all of life's decisions is risk assessment and discrimination. No, absolutely absolutely yeah we're discriminating yeah. when we choose our partners and then we're doing risk assessment when we're um weighing up our decisions about what we're going to do with that partner and not with that partner. Mm. So, yeah. um, I think what it is is as well, the certain realities of life just make you see that you can't have like a, a, you can't look through the world anymore through, through what is it like a glass eye or like rose tinted, rose tinted glasses. Yeah. That Mm. kind of thing. You just have to sort of assess your situation with as, with as much impartiality and as much seriousness as possible because I, I do think though I think the whole true love thing comes from like the generations before us and I kind of understand why they would have naturally need, leaned towards that kind of view because in our day we have so many options right that it's like we can clearly see that more than one person who do it for us you get what i'm saying whereas for example if back in the day all you knew was the people in your village right or in your town right and it's like you know their family there's what maybe 10 boys in your school and 10 girls in your school the options are limited you get what i'm saying so it's like yeah yeah, cool of course we were meant to be (laughs) but and you don't really know you don't really know of anything else being out there yeah so compared to us we're in a completely different country from where our parents were we're in cities we've come across so many different people we've seen so many people we've worked in so many different places our perspective is is i think is bound to be different um i I, sometimes i do think it is to our detriment where we have so much choice that we just don't make a decision in the end Yeah, yeah i mean that's definitely a thing being paralyzed by just the breath of choice that you have like i also think like from the past generation i think the concept of true love was also there because there was a lot of like situational marriages or like you just had to get together like someone got pregnant you have to marry them Mm. or um arranged marriages so like the idea that a couple got married for love was very like nuanced and lovely and like oh they were the love like it's true love and it's amazing um i think there's that while we don't really have all of that as much anyway um so it's this concept that of marrying for love is like okay yeah of course we want to love the person or have a really strong attachment to that person otherwise why on earth would i would i settle down with Mm. that individual um but then i i'm just thinking about like my current situation and i feel like if i wrote it down and told the story someone might be like oh my god that is that's like true love like because it's like known him since i was like a child like a teenager lived like in this the like five minute proximity from each other from each other since we were children dated all the sorts of other people in between and now we're together and it's like we kept having like all these like little things in between and yeah, it's like in between. 
maybe maybe not maybe maybe not on but maybe it's yeah. maybe it's some like, people's stories are more novel than others as well like yeah but maybe it's a sort of timing thing i think it's a timing thing because i don't i feel like he must have said something like uh sometimes i wish we could have just been together from like young and i'm like you wouldn't have liked me at 18 <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the brats. <laughs> you know, like me. Like, nah, man. Um, I think timing is important, and important, yeah, very yeah, situational. So, yeah, we don't believe in true love. Sorry, guys, we're not romantics, actually. Um, we believe okay. in false love. <laughs> we believe in compromise and commitment. We believe in good, risk and and good risk management. A good, good risk, risk management. Uh, analysis. Yeah, management. <laughs> put it in the raid log. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh, you picked these questions. You picked quite the romantic questions. I, I didn't <laughs> pick no romantic questions. I think that question was mine, actually. I, I didn't it. pick that. 18. <laughs> 18. How would your perfect partner treat you? Josh, you did okay, pick yeah, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I did pick that. I did pick that. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I did pick that. So you, you know have very clear ideas. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because I did that. Um, what is your love language test thing? Did you? I did it. Fantastic. Yes, I did, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, love language. Quite surprised. You're single, aren't you, Josh? You're single, aren't you? Okay. Ladies, are interested? I'm listen. In, I'm, I'm in a intense and dedicated relationship to Jesus Christ. With the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be saved. Okay. So, maybe. um, what was I saying? Yeah, I did it, and I got. I was surprised actually by the results. I think it said my number one one was quality time, mm. and the second one was no, no, no. The first, oh, I've got it mixed up. I have to go and find it again now. But I'm pretty. Sh- I know that the first two, the first two was quality time and acts of service. Right. Why um, are you surprised like that? Why was I surprised by that? I don't. I, um, Maybe perhaps. I don't know because when I d- when I thought about it, I was like, I'm pretty sure a lot of men's number one thing is going to be acts of service. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, it was quality time, thirty two percent. Acts of service, twenty nine percent. Words of affirmations, nineteen percent. Physical touch, sixteen. And then receiving gifts, three percent. Yeah. And I think the receiving gifts made sense because I don't give gifts. So, and I'm pretty sure that probably is rooted in me not really caring about receiving gifts. So yeah. the three percent didn't shock me. The physical touch only being sixteen percent was a bit surprising. The words of affirmation, I, I, I don't really care about that. So that was quite surprising. But yeah, quality time was top. With thirty-two percent and acts of service twenty-nine. Um, so, that being said, um, what do I want from my partner? Perfect partner. How Perfect partner would you? do everything I say and <laughs> always be around me. I guess. That one's a maid, fam. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I showed, I put it on like my Snapchat story. And um, an old friend of mine uh, said that they weren't surprised at all because they said that I would always want to be around them. And then I was like, that's not true. But then I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, it's kind of true. I do like being around people. Just like, and not like necessarily doing anything, just being there, just being around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, there's people that, I don't know about you guys, I like to text all day to like yeah. the other person and then there's certain people they just like to have like a phone conversation at the end of the day or yeah. something and then that's it like i don't want to hear from you again till we speak on the phone but i'm i need to like send you memes i need to message you i need to like just constant 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 this is so cute like honestly this relax. is so cute relax. ladies are you listening he's gonna send you memes, memes. relax relax <laughs> <laughs> Ah. It's not everybody that can get the meme package. It's not everybody that gets It'll cost the meme you package. extra. You gotta get that update. Yeah, that's 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 a bonus. You gotta get that. You gotta get that for your monthly subscription. 
Only fans. I might do an only fans meme. <laughs> what about you guys? I'd like to be in constant communication. Um, I think. What was the question again? I'll make sure. The, how would you prefer for your perfect partner to treat you? Um, if we're looking at love languages, my love languages are um, quality time, uh, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm the lovey dovey, like, honey, spend time with me. Tell me I'm pretty um, sort of girl, which uh, surprisingly a lot of guys actually find really hard, which is weird because I feel like that's like like textbook, no? Nah, but I've been told but, several like, times that I've never complimented this person in my life, right? And then I'll be yeah. like, no, I'm sure I have. I've died like complimented, <laughs> right? And they'll be like, no, you It's never. because I realise a lot of guys think things and don't say them and they feel like the girl should know that they feel certain things about them. Maybe not specifics, but feel certain things about them because they're spending time with them. And if I didn't Right, correct. I, I mean, it is reasonable to believe that. But it's not reasonable to believe that. No, it's not. Because somebody could be hanging out with you and they think you're meh, but they just think you're, like, physically, they might think you're a bit... But they might like your personality. <laughs> like, but it, doesn't, personally, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter whether I like your personality or whether I like yes, it the does. way you look. It should yes, just it matter does. that I've decided I'm spending time with you rather than anyone else. That's what should matter. No, line. no nobody, no yeah, girl see, wants to feel a guy. If we're applying the pragmatic perspective <laughs> that we we took from the last question, we should translate it. We should bring that here too. So with what Josh has said about. If of all the things I could do in this world, right, I'm deciding to dedicate my time to you. I spend you. my time with you. What, what else does that mean? From that? Yeah, what does that mean? What else could that possibly mean? <laughs> it could mean that you like we're just cool. It could mean that you're just comfortable. But all the other people that I'm just cool with, I'm not spending this time with them. So how can you take that? But what does, in the world, can... in, in the world, right? People settle. People just decide. You know what? This is what my my cards have given me. Some that's fine. Like, that's fine. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> fine though. Okay, so let me say we're my, all settling my... to a degree. My perfect. Partner. You're not going to say that now because you're in a relationship, but you're settling to a degree. We are all settling to no. a degree. risk assessment. Your risk assessment. Your risk assessment. Your, dis- no. your factors, your whatever you decide you choose, you know, you've, you've made those You decisions. can't say that you've met what, a perfect yeah, yeah. person for you. It's so directly contradictory to, to what you said just before. I would yeah, say you literally just said you just, you Let me done. finish. Let me learn. <laughs> I would say that the things that annoy me about my current partner are outweighed by his positives. And that's life, right? Yeah, but that but, doesn't that but that means you're settling because there's things that you don't like. No, but there's no perfect person, so I'm not settling. There's always gonna be something that I don't like in a person. But anyway, idea- let me answer the question. <laughs> so <laughs> with my love languages thing, like there's that. So cool. I want someone to to pertain to those needs. Um I also want someone that can hold me accountable in loads of different ways so like financially hold me accountable because i'm not that great with money so someone you want a child minder you want to you want to i'm not gonna lie i've always said this it's something i've always said like i need someone who will be like put that down you don't need to buy that now we can buy it next month like i've always said that like from young that's what i need in a person i identified that in myself because i will treat myself i'll treat my partner as well so it's just kind of like like money to me is like money come money go yeah it's all right (laughs) um i remember i remember seeing someone they were like oh if you get married would you would you have a joint account yeah um but would you join would you join all your money like all of it I don't mind. I don't I mind. I thought about it as I maybe I think it's probably best if it's like we we put together seventy five percent and then we keep twenty five percent of what we make separate. So like three accounts. So you have like one that's for the both of you, your own personal and then her own personal. Right. Three Sounds accounts. reasonable enough, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, sometimes think- like let's say you wanna do a surprise holiday for your wife. 
you can't do it if you've got a joint account. <laughs> She's gonna yeah. see oh, uh, travel travel dot 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 seven hundred and fifty or something. It's gonna be oh, okay. So, I mean, that's that's the diplomatic reason for having a separate account. You might also, be plotting on. Like, you can buy your bag and your shoe. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, I don't want my wife to go and buy like something really expensive and then I'm getting angry. Yeah. If I know it came from her 25%, then that's on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I know it's come from our joint pot, I'm going to get angry and I'm going to start saying things <laughs> that I shouldn't say. So it's better for you to have your 25 yeah. and for me to have my 25. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. The only then- thing, though, the only thing that I'm just imagining could get sticky is. Imagine if your wife, she's gone and got like promotion upon a promotion upon promotion. She hasn't told you at all. And she's been putting the same amount in, in the joint 75. How did that happen though? That that can, happen. You'll be very surprised. You would be very surprised. Because well. I do a lot of, I do um, in in my litigation work, right? So there's these special types of cases where people were taking benefits, right? But they were earning more than 50K. And if you're earning more than 50K, you're not supposed to be taking benefits. So basically, one way or another, HMRC comes back for their money. Mm -hmm. But what it was is that the wife was taking the benefits and the husband didn't know. Right. And I'm looking at, I'm thinking, how can you be in a whole marriage? And you're taking benefits, and I don't know. Like, how? How is that a marriage? What's going? <laughs> what is going on? So you'll be surprised. People are hiding things in their marriages. You know, people are hiding things. Ah, that's, that's really sad. But like, I do know that it's like, for example, some men would actually be cool with that in terms of like, they feel like they want to take responsibility of the home, blah blah. So it doesn't really matter. We have your money is your money. Blah, the key blah. word is responsibility. Going to buy an expensive bag with our joint pot is not responsible so that's not re- taking responsibility okay. Okay. anyway so <laughs> financially there and then something that i've realized more recently like i always thought that i kind of wanted this but it was like eh, maybe it's not that important i can take care of it myself but i think now um like i feel like i'm in a relationship with someone that can hold me spiritually accountable as well so that was like one thousand i love this wow I like that. So, um, yeah, I think those are two things that I think are important. So three is that my, my love languages to pertain to those and someone that can help hold me financially accountable and someone that can help hold me spiritually accountable. Good what about yes. Solarian? Um, I think I'll, I'll just keep mine short. So it's, it's kind of, it's very lofty. It's hard to explain, but I think I just want someone to just know me in the sense that, like, they'll know like how how i'll feel about certain things like if you do something you know it's just gonna piss me off or like like you you know that if i've come back from a day of work or whatever i'm gonna be tired so like you help me out here or there like someone who just knows me man like it's obviously that's so you want a mind reader so you want someone empathetic yeah like someone who's deeply deeply empathetic <laughs> i mean even what, though you yourself are not i mean i'm working on mine Right, okay. So, hopefully, you know... I, I feel like that's too much to put on someone, though. Maybe. Maybe. There are some... No, 100%. There are definitely some women that will be able to do that. Like, 100%. I know girls that can do that. <laughs> You're cool, yeah? I know girls that can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> What's something that offends you? Did I pick this question? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, you said 23, right? Oh, mate. That's a rubbish question. (laughs) 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 That's a rubbish question now that I'm really thinking about it. Can I pick another one? What part of your culture are you most least proud of? You, you this one that doesn't care about culture. <laughs> That's not, I've never said I don't care about culture. You said that you don't care about what something stands for as a country. Like you are your own person. 
you know this was literally i said um, i said i yeah. i don't really see taking pride from it it doesn't mean i don't care about it okay that's that's different i just don't see how you can legitimately take pride from it i do hear um, that actually. like because it's not you yeah yeah um, okay so should we ask that question then what um what what part of your culture are you most slash least proud of? When, uh, so that's the now I'm like, which am I talking about being Ghanaian or am I talking about culture here, like London culture? Like, what culture am I really referring to? Because I don't really feel mm-hmm. like I can say I'm Ghanaian, Ghanaian, but then I don't really feel like I can say I'm from here, from here. Okay, so, so what about Black British culture? What part of Black British culture are we most proud of and least proud of? That's something because it's also something that we talk about a lot as well. Black yeah, British. that's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I'm legitimately struggling with that. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, like I think one thing that I like about Black British culture is that is the banter. That's what I enjoy mm. about it. I think we have a good sense of humor. We laugh us laugh ourselves through pain um and hard times. I think that's something that is admirable. Um and like I think it's just the whole it's the it comes from a, like a creative place. I think it's the same thing that allows us to be creative in general. Mm. Um so yeah, I think that's something that I'm proud of, least proud of is I think that we're very, we wait for people to fail. I think we, we revel in people's failure. Mm. Um, and I think that's just horrible. <laughs> mm. It's something like we can't just support someone. Like, for example, what's that girl? Um, Ivorian Doll, mm. who had a bit of like, she's had some like turmoil on the internet and stuff, but her music is good. Um, and she seems to be getting a lot of love. Her music is good <laughs> for some listeners. Okay. She's doing well for herself. She's doing well for herself. Um and I personally like her music. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and she seems to be getting a lot of love in the US and it's a thing where I can already see that she's probably gonna go there and blow there. And it's unfortunate because she should blow here because that's where she's from, <laughs> you know? Um but I feel like people are just waiting for her to mess up so they can chat rubbish chat rubbish. Mm. Um but yeah, that's that's what I'm proud of and least proud of. What about you guys? I'm just going to say something that I wouldn't necessarily say least proud of, just slightly concerned about. So um, I think all of us here are like kind of like, like first generation, um, kind of raised here, but ancestry, heritage is like African, whatever. Yeah. I'm concerned about what it will be like for like our children and stuff. Mm, that's a good then, one. In terms of how how we'll carry and pass through our heritage, our culture, mm. our African heritage and culture, whether or not we'll be able to translate that very well. Because, for example, me, I can't fluently speak Yoruba. I can mm. say phrases here and there, but if I can't fluently speak the language, how can I pass it on? Mm. Yeah. And it's just little things like that that I'm maybe a little bit concerned about. Yeah, that's I've a good one. I think about that a lot. And my initial thing is just like, been talking about my mum about property and stuff like that and I'm like I think we need to go and invest in a property in Ghana because there's a lot of stuff that's already been built yeah and just go buy something out there and be sh- just place my kid there bye <laughs> like yeah, yeah like but that's the <laughs> thing that, that's the thing that's another thing right because there's like I want to pass on the culture that my parents have given me but I don't necessarily want to pass I don't necessarily want to give my kids the current Ghana, if that makes sense. Why? God. I like the culture that my parents have given me. I, I'm yeah. not necessarily a fan of the culture there right now. What do you mean by that? Um, I think the line between Western culture and the culture there is becoming more and more blurred. Okay. So I don't really see the difference shades uh as much as between like my parents culture 
and Western culture. If that makes does that make sense? Yeah, I will be honest. I think my concern and the reason why I would like my kids to have a, a very much a stable home in Ghana has more to do with like representation for them to understand that they're African, to not have to live in accordance to the standard of whiteness um, and to see greatness back home rather than here. It hasn't got much to do with Ghanaian culture per se, with Ashanti mm. culture per se. It's got more so to do with their, them being black and them being African and I want them to be successful back home. I don't really care for them to be successful here. Like, I just think it, we are, there's too many generations of black people in this country, man. Like, and we're fighting for equality in a country of white people. Why? I just don't like it. I'm just getting to a point where I'm just like, why? Yeah, this is it. This is it. This is it. So it's like, obviously, the wake up call, like, not there's like a, there's been another, like, sort of alarm bell ringing us to, like, all right, look, what's going on here? Like, you're, we're substandard in this society. What we're being treated as substandard, like yeah, it together. And it's like I want it to be a case where the pride that that I know a Yoruba man would will feels. Mm. I want my 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 Your offspring to feel that same way. pride. My thing it. with my thing with that though is is it every single Yoruba man that feels that, or is it certain people in privileged positions? Because I don't, I think if you go to Ghana, if you go to Nigeria, there's a lot of people that that believe they are substandard. They are being treated substandard in that society. So even though we feel that here and we have the privilege of being able to just go back home and feeling a certain way, not everybody back home feels that way. Do you get what I'm saying? But so I feel like the whole point of our parents coming to the UK in the first place was to give us opportunities so that we can have live better lives. Mm. So, like, my parents didn't come here for me to go back to Ghana and also suffer in Ghana. Like, it was so that when I go home, I can live in Ghana. You can enjoy it. If you want to go back, you can stay <laughs> when, you, when you go back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that was um, the whole purpose behind being here. The, the whole, behind this whole thing. And, like, it's getting to a point where, like, I remember when everything happened um, during lockdown... I was sitting on my bed crying, thinking about my son walking down the street and my son is going to be this amazing man. And But people are going to be looking at him like he's something. I'm like, well, if he was walking down the streets of Accra, no one's going to be looking at him like he's anything. So no one's going to make anything about him. So let him walk down the streets of Accra. Let him walk down the streets of Banjul. Like, let him go back to West Africa. I don't, like, I don't care for this. I think, like, I think there's a bit of, like... I don't think it might be a bit idealistic. I think it is yeah, idealistic. It is a little bit idealistic. I do think yeah. it is but, idealistic. But I think for me, my my personal thing is just um, so again, the pride that you feel you can carry that anywhere. You don't. I wouldn't want my my offspring to feel like if they were in the UK or if they were in America, they would they Be would less proud. Yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah I don't feel that they're perceived in a certain way. That's that's the thing I really, really don't. But want. I want them to understand that this isn't it. Exactly. Like, in terms of like when you're walking down the street, I want you to be proud, knowing that you have a culture, you have something to be proud of, you have something that um, it is more than what these silly people care like think about you of the lies that they've created about you. And I just think there's so many people walking down the street right now who, when someone crosses the road because they think they're a dangerous person, they, they don't have anything else to hold mm. on to other than this is what I'm perceived as. And well, you know, sentiments that like, that some Europeans feel, for example, like Polish people, like Italians, like French, there's yeah. a, there's a sentiment that they have about themselves. Yeah. Like they know their background, they know their history, but it doesn't necessarily extend to, you know, extremism or whatever. That's yeah. the same feeling I want my my kids exactly. to have. Exactly, exactly. Josh, you're gonna, gonna say that. Um, the one thing I, the one thing that, what was the question again? I don't like about um, black British culture. Yeah, the one thing that I was thinking was, and it's not necessarily the culture itself. I just don't like the fact that the culture has to have a representation like to the outside and i don't like the fact that people take on this sort of role of what i say is how this whole culture feels 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not necessarily the culture itself, but it's like how the culture is used. Um, mm. I don't like the fact that black black British culture has to have a representation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because white culture doesn't have to have a representation. So why does and I get it, I get why it does is because it's black British culture is a minority. But so the, but, the, but the but the fact that it the fact that it has a representation takes away from the fact that within black British culture there is diversity. So mm-hmm. that doesn't get acknowledged enough. That's what I don't like. And yeah. so and then people then take on the role of I'm going to represent black British culture. I've never asked for anybody to represent my culture for me mm-hmm. or to represent me. I don't like that. I like to represent myself and you represent you. Like, don't go out there and say, this is how everybody that looks like me feels. No, 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 no. That's how you feel. <laughs> Let me say how I feel. Especially with you know George, because he doesn't agree with any of y'all. He doesn't. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't agree with any of you guys. So <laughs> don't speak for me. Don't speak for me, please. Don't speak for me. I don't like that at all. When I want to talk, I don't like that at all. At all. I don't like that at all, at all, at all. <laughs> so that's the one thing I don't like about the culture. But the the one thing I do like about Black British culture is maybe some people might not agree with me, but I see I actually see a lot of unity in Black British culture. Like the whole fact that like we can go into certain spaces. And I can like see a black guy and I give him the nod and I know that we're we're gonna be on some sort of level play like wavelength just from the nod, like just from the and I know that okay, there's a certain I love that. I, I love that. I think that's unique, right? Um I think there is a lot of unity in black British culture, and that's probably what I see. Uh that's what I like the most. Um I remember like when I was growing up, when I was very young and I lived in, um, I lived in Broadwater Farm Estate and it's like most people there are either Ghanaian, if they're not, if not Ghanaian, Jamaican. So like most people there were black basically. Yeah. And you'd have Turkish people and um, you'd have white people, of course, white Mm. people everywhere. But, like, the amount of, like, community spirit there was... It's, I haven't seen that anywhere else. Like, people would leave their doors open. You could just go into your neighbor's house. They'd come into yours. It was just, like, free, right? And even though that area has, like, a negative representation to the outside world, when you're there and you live there, like, the amount of community spirit that you receive from people I think is very unique and I think you find that in a lot of places where there's a lot of black people um, there is a high community spirit so that is what I like about black rich culture I think that we've seen a very interesting side to the both of you today, seemed very refreshing for me Yeah, no, I definitely agree. <laughs> I agree. So, guys who are listening, everyone listening, if you have enjoyed this kind of portion of the podcast, let us know and we'll continue to do so. Mm. But I think we're coming to an end, are we not? Yeah, yeah we've, de- we've definitely overdone it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as it usually goes, if you guys wouldn't mind, you know, especially on apple Podcasts, just leave a review doesn't matter what you say uh give us five stars it helps us um climb up the charts a little bit get that more exposure we'd really appreciate that and i think we're going to drop this episode on youtube so watch out for that drop the likes drop the comments all of that good stuff like and share uh yeah thank you guys bye right, cool We're out. peace